Hello, welcome to All About Dating Podcast. With me, dating coach Jade, and me, author Jane. Hi Jane, how are you this week? I'm back. You're back, I missed you. I hope it all went to pot when I was away. <laughs> there was some terrible signal, I'm not going to lie, but luckily the recording ended up okay. There was you just a- have a wee chat by yourself. That, you mean, to it yet, sorry. oh, <laughs> I was about to say this means you've not listened to it yet, have you? Sorry, <laughs> I've held tonight. I thought you were in a car for ages today. I can't believe you didn't even listen to our own <laughs> podcast, but it's fine, it's fine. I missed you. The podcast went well. Um, Naomi just will always have something to say. And I listened to her as well on the, the book club, the that book you club that we did. and that was amazing because I, I was at the spa and I was like tuning in, and I was like, this is so cool. She's honestly incredible and do you know what's really funny which I had forgotten about so on that episode I had mentioned I was like oh we had a guy in our podcast who because London dating came up because somehow London dating always comes up in our pod and I was like oh we actually had a guy like referring to Justin I was like who who's from Glasgow lived in London for a while came back to Glasgow and he was saying how different it is he actually knows Naomi from when they were in London That's so weird. and I had completely forgotten it was only because he commented on um my instagram post like great girl so funny and a winky face and i was like oh i forgot he knows her like just all through coming together all linking together it's a it's a small small world but how was your spa it was amazing it's just exactly what i needed drank too much as usual ate too much so there's less than uh, three weeks of my holiday i've just devoured about four easter eggs the past four days so uh, the bikini is not going on. Oh, I did the water into wine trick over Easter weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling a bit bloated too. So, yeah, how's your week been? Fine. I've just been really sociable. Um, it was chats. nice. I ha- I'm back on the d- dating apps. I thought you said you're now back on the dating apps. <laughs> no, <I laughs> I'm really not. Um, <laughs> I'm very tired and was like stumbling over my words there, but that was not what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I've been very unfortunate and like on Monday I've been at like my day job and at the gym and it was quite late in the evening and I went on and I was like I've not had one like on Hinge today not one like well you know what you have to do you have to change up your bio your photos my photos and my bio are brilliant other people are the problem (laughs) I think I'm just going to be single forever it's actually insane but going back to what I just said there about a small world when I was on my way over here for the recording um I stopped off at McDonald's and got myself a McFlurry and I swear to God, every time I buy a McFlurry, I run into someone and usually a guy that I've dated. Never run into guys on a date normally. So I bought myself a McFlurry. I'm a bit of a riot today. We're just coming at McDonald's, shove, like literally shoveling <laughs> McFlurry in my <laughs> so face. Attractive. Thinking, this is the best thing that's happened to me in a while. And also, what am I going to talk about in the pod? I looked up and there was a guy holding like a dog lead. And I was like, oh, that puppy's cute. And I looked up and he had his shirt unbuttoned because obviously it's over 14 degrees in Glasgow so taps <laughs> off and even with my sunglasses on I was like his chest is red like not attractive I was like he's clearly like a fit guy he wasn't a hairy guy whatever and I looked at his face and I quickly looked away it was the guy who I went on a date with who had the really messy flat <laughs> and I was like she's not stalking you <laughs> oh my god so I quickly looked away and I was like he won't recognize me I was like but my the way my hairstyle is today I've got two wee buns at the side and it's quite a distinctive hairstyle, I think. And this is how my hair was that night. I met him in the bar. All right, okay, so he has noticed you then. Probably, but hopefully he's like, oh, she ding me. But do you know what's really funny, again, about the fact that we're coming here today with who's today's guest? Because that night I met him, he was like, have you heard of the beardy, the, have you heard of the bearded tarot guy? 
And I was like, I have actually. And he's like, I've got a reading with him tomorrow. And it ended up not happening. But how funny that I saw this guy went on my way to record this episode with was spooky. the bearded tarot guy. Should we get him on? Let's do it. Today's guest is the bearded tarot guy who, if you haven't guessed it, is a tarot reader as well as a compassion server. He reads for many people who often want comfort, support and guidance with their relationships as well as other areas of their life. I actually had a reading with Colin that actually gave me a kick up the arse to end it with a guy who wouldn't commit even after two years. So it was refreshing having a reading from him. And who knows if I would have met my now current boyfriend if it wasn't for him. So we're delighted to have you on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. It's so Thank nice you. to have an in-person interview again. It's been, nicer, isn't it? it's been a little while. Face to face. We have got so much to chat about. I know it's a nightmare because we'll probably have to do a part two. Oh, okay. We'll see. <laughs> we said it here first. <laughs> we'll see what we can get. Okay, time is precious. So we do have lots to talk about and there's lots that you do that is like in regards to dating and relationships. But first of all, just tell us how you got into doing tarot and what you do. Well, um, okay, so I was a performer back in the day and I used to go just call it a dancer for now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't similar to prove Magic it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what happened was that I lived a very empty life. You know, my relationships were all terrible and half of it was down to me, half of it was down to them. You know, I, I'm not going to say I was completely wrong all the time. You can't blame one person for anything. However, it was because I didn't know anything about me. And, you know, I was always chasing that kind of part of myself or that thing that I wanted, but I didn't know what I wanted because yeah. I didn't know who I was or what I was doing. So that was where I made all the mistakes. Now, what I say to people is you can either live from experience or you can live the wisdom from the experience. The wisdom takes you forward, the experience keeps you in the past. Absolutely. And yeah, that's really good. what I did was I kept with the experience and then I would hold back and hold back and hold back. So then I wasn't even giving who I really was as a person eventually. And this is what I feel a lot of people do. Yeah, everyone goes through that same pattern. That's it. And then, oh, that happened this time, so I can't do that. And then that happened the last time, so I can't do that and that. And then it just adds and adds and adds. So what happens is they, they then they've got a shell that they show and then they're not willing to open up because they don't trust. And that's where we'll talk, probably talk a bit, a bit about forgiveness later on. Um, So then I went uh, and I joined the army at the age of 13 or 31. And I get quite a hard time in there. Um. Just because, well, I'm quite soft. Do you know, I, I used to pretend I wasn't, but mm -hmm. I am. They can break you down, don't they? Yeah, no, well, see, the thing is, I, I'm soft, mm -hmm. but I'm strong. Right. You know, kind of like Andrex. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so couples don't drag me about, but, you know, it was one of these things where, like, they used to be able to come in and, you know, they used to do the shouting and the bawling and all that. And I was fine. I was like, cool, yeah, no worries. But then I realised that I had a wee bit more self-worth than what I thought. Mm -hmm. But I still didn't know who I was. But what I found was when they tried to grind you down, try and break you down, there were certain things that I just wouldn't do and I wasn't willing to take participate and, you know, take part in. And I was like, okay, well, if you're not there, that means there's, there's something more to you. So then I came out and then I made, again, as soon as I came out of the army, I made one of the mistakes again, same way that I did when I was in there. And I was like, right, okay, well, it's, I'm the problem here. So that's when I kind of realised. That's good realized. that you realise, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. The so there was, but there was a massive realisation. I went through a thing called the dark night of the soul um, when I was in the army. And that's like the, the deepest, horriblest, darkest, depressive state shall we say i don't believe in depression but i believe it was a depressive state because of so many realizations and then my unconscious mind you know just really destroyed me and then when i came out that was when i, I kind of went back into the same patterns and again i went no more 
And then that's when I went into my Reiki. Mm-hmm. And then I went into my cards. And don't even ask me how it happened because I knew I was kind of different as a kid. And then, you know, what happened was the transition from who I was to who I am now. You know, a lot of people are kind of surprised, oh, that's not him or he used to be doing this. And, you know, again, through relationships, a lot of people judge other people based on what they think they think they know about the past of them. Yeah. You know, and, and it becomes really, really difficult. But when I get into my cards, I then started going corporate to go in with um, personality profiling. And I met this guy from America on LinkedIn and he was like, you realise you're harming people with person- personality profiling? I went, absolutely not. But tell me how I'm wrong, you know, type thing. And he asked me a couple of questions, gave him the answers. And it turns out your personality changes based on the experiences you go through. And I went, wow. That makes a That's a massive realisation. So I could be this person. I could lose somebody close to me. My personality will change. Then I come and date one of you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're getting the wrong person. You're not getting me. Mm-hmm. So this is where my behavior would then be projected onto you. And then, you know, and I was like, Phew. but this is where I started working with the mind and the brain and, and, you know, conscious communication, communication guidelines, these type of things. And then it just went from there. That's one thing we actually talk about a lot is like communication is the most important thing in relationships. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are too scared to be honest because they're scared of being judged. You Either must... judged or exposed. Mm-hmm. But if you, you can't be exposed if you don't know who you are. So you're being exposed from someone who you think you are or somebody else thinks you are. So it becomes so difficult to understand who it is that you're putting out. And that's, again, I went through all these different personalities or personas or, I mean, I used to be standing there with the pout online, you know, with the shirt off <laughs> thinking I was, do you know all that? Would you swipe left or right for that? <laughs> I swipe left on everybody. I don't like anybody that's, at the moment. So. <laughs> Listen, I would have asked people to swipe left. That's the way I generally feel. I don't cringe because I had to go through these realizations and these learnings. But if you don't change your own behaviour, you're always going to end up with the same results. Do you find a lot of people come to you in search of answers about their love life and relationships? Oh, wow. It's crazy because when they come to me, I feel they're in search of themselves. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you don't know yourself, there's no way in hell you're going to have time to know somebody else. Mm -hmm. Or you're not even going to understand somebody else if you don't know yourself. And I do that. And this is, I'm going to, I'm not going to put you two on the spot, right? Because it's your podcast, right? But the first thing I say to somebody is give me the definition of love. Okay. Now, we usually talk from the age of two, average. I'm saying, oh, oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, I don't know. Are they, you know, it's happiness. It's 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 togetherness. It's, and I'm like, have you not already got a definition for the words that you've just said? And I said, and you're using another definition for it. Wow. I said, and then what happens if the other person has a different definition of love? How can you then love together? That's a great question to ask somebody. That is, isn't it? So what can we ask what yours is? Well, there only is one truthful definition. So the thing is, we can all have opinions. We can all have experiences. And then our definition will be based on, so if it's togetherness, that means you're scared of being alone. Right? Do you see what I mean? Right, right, right. So depending on what you've experienced is where what you're going to project. So the only definition for love that can't be contradicted is giving without expecting anything in return. Now, this is where it becomes more intricate. What do people give away first in order to get love? Their body. Yeah. Right, you with me? (laughs) So then no relationship can be based on just meeting somebody and having sex with them. So that's where communication comes in. Right? So we swipe left, we swipe right. Basically what you're doing is you're swiping left or right to go and get some action. Am I right? 
Well, apparently so. I don't know because they're terrible. Right, okay. well, I, I certainly <laughs> used to do that. So it's, it's, yeah. it's very easy, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I was one of the guys as well. So I'm not, I'm not going to try and deny that. I've done things when I was empty or I've done things trying to seek these type of things. Or trying to fill a void. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you don't know what you're looking for, you're never going to find it. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. So people are now looking for togetherness. They're now looking for this or the fairy tale that we've watched through television and, and you know, films and even like the Disney princess movies, you know. Disney's ruined it. <laughs> it ruins it for, because you think there's going to be a fairy tale. Yeah. What is a fairy tale? A fairy tale's fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... So if you, Sorry. I was just going to say, it's just the fact that the woodland animals aren't doing my housework for me. It's <laughs> really devastated. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's, it's so difficult to try nowadays and, and see where things go. So what happened was when I met John Lenhart, so the, the scientist now I've been working now for about three and a half years, he had the only model for the mind and the brain and communication guidelines, right? And he starts going through all these different workings with me and I was like, this is amazing. This is the stuff I already knew, but I couldn't put into words. And he gave me the words and then we were able to then start rolling with it. And my goodness, what a difference. And you know that, that I've brought people back together after two years of being apart. So you actually think people that um, have split up can get back together? 100%. I'm going to tell you a massive statement that everyone's probably going to disagree with. Anybody is suited to anybody if they're willing to make an effort. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I totally agree. Anybody suited that. to anybody if they're willing to make an effort, understand who each other are, they're willing to make friends before they even consider mm-hmm. getting sexually involved. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because then what they're doing is they're being open, they're being honest, and they're just they're not having an expectation. The minute you go and have sex with that person, or the minute you've got an expectation, you're never, ever, ever going to have that connection because you're always going to be waiting just in case or trying to hold back something in case you lose it or whatever. So you've got to save it before marriage, right? You've got to like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not so do. much saving before marriage. So when you go back to the fifties, right? You look, you look back at the fifties and the sixties. So sixties was kind of free love and yeah. whatever else, right? But you go back to the fifties, right? They were all dressed up to here and dressed down to here, right? So they were giving nothing away. The men used to court the women for all this length of time. Oh, now my boring. grandfather courted my grand rest of soul. He courted my grand for a year before he get any action. That's good graft. Right, that is good graft. <laughs> He used to walk 10 miles from his house to her house just to say goodnight. Aww. These type of things. Now, nowadays, you've got a text message. Hey, yeah. how are you? Or, you know, there's a picture that you don't want. Or, you know, and it's like no one really gets what courting is anymore. No one gets what a relationship is anymore. Everyone wants that feeling of not being on their own. Mm-hmm. And they all want to try and chase something that's that's been made believe from, from Disney movies right the way through to other movies. Or then what they see somebody else having, but they don't know what everyone else has went to get through it. Then you get the fake smiles. You know, it's like, look at my Instagram pictures. We are so happy with this. And they're actually bloody miserable. See the amount of people that come and say, and I'm like, hey, Colin, oh, it's been so good. I've not seen you in years. Can I get a reading? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, how's things? Oh, amazing. And I look at their cars and I go, is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know? And it's it's a shame. Yeah. Because everyone's got to put on this front. But I'll say, what is it you're looking for here? It's, so we'll go through the reading. They'll go, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll go, what is it you're looking for here? And they'll go, I just want it about this. And I, Have you ever asked this? No. And I always ask this question. So see the ones that have been married can I, in, or together for any more than two or three years. I'll say, can you tell me what gives your partner energy? And what do you mean energy? Well, energy is not the happiness. That's a feeling, right? Okay, so energy is where they feel motivated enough to keep making an effort, right? That's yeah. simple. I say, what, what is it that gives you a part? Well, I don't even know. What do they do that gives you? Um, 
Nothing really. Okay. Gosh. So where are we going with this? Why are you with them? Are you scared to be on your own? Are you just doing it because you're in the motions? Are you now too scared to ask them what they want so you can give them love? Okay. Because love isn't a thing that you feel. This is where people are chasing that feeling, right? You can feel endorphins. You can feel oxytocin, you know, from cuddles and stuff. You know, you can feel serotonin. You can feel these things, but you can't feel love. You can only be love. Mm-hmm. You can only be that so that you're given, given, given. And if you're given and somebody's taken, well, that's it. You need to realize sometimes that you can only give so much. You can never expect something back. Then it's not love, it's manipulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the expectation of the same back as yeah. well. Cause but if you or any of us were in a relationship together, right? If we're all different people, so I'm a compassion server, you're an exhorter server, right? We gain energy totally differently. Right? Or you and I, I, I what were you again? Did you remember? <laughs> no. She does. Because she told me and I can stop um, laughing. Apparently I'm a manipulative <laughs> dictator. Oh, nice. Administrator server. Or server administrator. That sounds more like what I am. Yeah, that's cool. So, so <laughs> sneaky. Right, okay. So, game player. So, what happens is we gain energy differently. So, you would like to move me about, having me doing things for you. Do you know, really getting me to, so that you were in charge. Right, mm-hmm. you just need to be felt energetically, okay? So all I need to do is feel people mm-hmm. and then serve them the best way that I can. So I'm actually really easy going most of the time until somebody pisses me off, right? So I can't be in the same relationship and be the same person in a relationship as I can be you as I can be you. Mm-hmm. But if we've got no way of measuring that, how are we ever going? How is society ever going to be able to get that? So what happens is people then come, they get the reading, and I ask them these questions, then I say. Tell me a bit about your partner or oh, he's always out or she's always out. Or they do this. I said, okay, so that's escapism because you're not making them happy in the house. And they go, oh, you know, that's a sore one. But I'm like, the realization's there. Mm-hmm. If they were happy, they wouldn't want to leave the house. That's fact. Right? Yes, they can go out with their friends and have fun. But going out and getting blind drunk and staying out till three, four in the morning is escapism. Yeah. It's yeah. not going out there to go and have fun because I'll tell you now, if I was in a happy relationship, I wouldn't want to leave my house. That's where I'd be. You know, yeah. I put the kids to bed and I'm straight to bed in one night. Do you know what I mean? But what happens is people or most people meet on, whether it's Tinder, Plenty of Fish or any of these things, or they meet on a night out. They have, you know, the, you know, the, the, the mad sex, the rampant sex. And then they don't have anything to talk about because it's like, oh, I can't wait to see you and you're going this and you're getting this and you're getting <laughs> this, right? Then they get all that, that, that. And then they realize we've not actually got much to talk about because we're not friends. Mm-hmm. So what happens is they keep going through the motions they realise the toxic behaviour of the other one because they didn't realise it because they weren't friends or their expectations haven't been met. Then that's where they start kind of, you know, fighting against each other. And it's like trying to control, manipulate um, <laughs> <laughs> Right? So what happens is they start controlling, they start trying to fight with each other to get their own way because they're insecure, right? Because they've not actually found out and understood. They don't want to lose it, but they don't want to lose themselves because they don't know what they're given. Mm-hmm. And then this is where it happens. Now, I watch this daily, daily. Weekly, the amount of people that come to me for information, or they come to me for... Now, I've not always been a good guy, and I really mean that. I've been a shit. I, I'll be honest, you know, and I, I've done things that I'm not proud of. I'm not really bad to anybody, but mm-hmm. I've done things that I've not been proud of. We all have. But until you find yourself, until you understand yourself, how you gain and lose energy, you're not going to take it off anybody else. But you're always going to want to take from somebody else when you don't know who you are. And this is why when people come to me, they make the realizations. You know the amount of people that I say, come back and I'll help you, and they don't. 
because then they need to admit they're wrong. Yeah. And they need to admit they've always been wrong. They don't like to hear the truth because they're like, it almost feels like when they hear the truth, they're, they almost feel like maybe they have to go back to square one or they they're just get confused. They don't know what to do. But they've not got any square. So I would rather start at square one mm-hmm. than be completely lost in, in, a, in a mental society that we have. You know, this is where it becomes really, really difficult. If you don't have something solid and tangible about yourself that you can then use to be able to start moving forward, you get nothing. So you're going to then cling on to anything that anybody else has, start to take that for, you know, for feeling good or whatever. And it becomes so difficult to, to then gain that, to gain any self back. So then what happens is when you split up, that person takes everything from you and you're left with nothing. Yeah. Imagine being left with nothing. I couldn't, I've done it so many times that I couldn't put myself back in that place because we give too much away of ourselves rather than just give that person what they need. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's meant I could let you sit <laughs> and go into this all night. <laughs> So what would you say is your kind of number one communication tip? Because obviously that is a key. So what, how, like you're, you're saying that people come to you and they're chatting about their relationships or they're a bit lost. What advice do you give to them? Because obviously you're giving them the cards, but when you give them a situation where you're like, you know, I don't think things are right here. What kind of communication would you tell them to do? Okay, so first of all, I would say ask questions. Nobody asks questions. They, they, they look at people and they judge or they look at people and think, decide, well, that's why they did that. That's why they Make do that. Make excuses. Or because they did that when they're younger, they're that kind of person. Because they lived that. And what you find is they don't actually get to the point where they actually know any real truths. And if you're not asking questions, you don't care. Mm-hmm. You're asking me questions because you care what I say on your podcast. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have any questions, it's just a chat and it can mean absolutely nothing. Think about how a relationship works. If you're not asking specific questions, you don't care. That's as simple as it is. And that's the main truth. And when I always say you ask questions, you answer questions as well. If you're willing, if you're not willing to open up and be open and answer the questions that have been asked, you've got something to hide. You're then not trustworthy. And this is where it becomes really, really difficult. So ask questions, answer questions. Okay. The next thing I say to them, you know, it's like, so you didn't put the bin out this morning, right? So I get up in the morning, I say, you didn't <laughs> put the bin out this morning. That's me. I'm now blaming you. Okay. So if I say you didn't and I'm saying you don't, you are, you aren't, I'm blaming you. So instantly an energetic barrier goes up. That's going to be met with resistance. And then what you're going to no doubt do is retaliate back. So rather than me saying, did I ask you to put the bin out this morning? And you go, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Cool. Well, that's cool. We're now communicating. I've went, no, you didn't. And it's like, oh, shit, right, I know I've done wrong. So when you can't admit you're wrong, you're going to come back and hammer me and it's going to keep going back and forward. So never make a statement on somebody else. That's the next thing. So ask questions, answer questions, never make a statement on somebody else. You are, you don't, you will, you won't, that type Mm -hmm, of thing. mm -hmm. Okay. You can say you make a statement on yourself. You say, I believe, I think, I feel. But too many people are so wrapped up in being hurt that they're not willing to tell people how they feel. So what happens is they let it build up and build up and build up. Then they act out how they feel. Now, if you two were in a relationship with me, I am now quite balanced as a human being. I've done a lot of work on myself and I've done. So if you started freaking out, I would maybe ask you an unconscious confrontation, which I'll go into in a wee second. But what happens is I will ask you an unconscious confrontation. I'll bring you down. But if you start freaking out or something that I've done wrong or something you don't like because your expectation wasn't there, what's going to happen is you'll show me how you feel. Mm. Now, if you become angry and you start shouting and bawling at me, 
I might not be ready for that. But what happens is you then, because you're triggered, you then trigger me, is it a trigger? Trigger me. Mm -hmm. And what happens is I then come back and retaliate and then it just becomes worse for nothing. And this is usually what happens when people get drunk. They wait and wait and wait until they're so relaxed. You know, <laughs> and then that's like, boom. They just come in and then that's where they all start fighting. And then somebody's running at their mum's or they're getting an Uber round to the town or the, the ex's house. And it's all just mental. So what I always say is you can always speak out your feelings. I can come to you and be really angry and say, it made me really angry yeah. when you did this. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Would you like that to happen to you? Now, the would you like to happen to you is an unconscious confrontation. Mm -hmm, it's right. asking somebody a question that you are then putting what they've done to you back on them. How would you like me to do that to you? Okay, so sometimes people will not answer. Mm -hmm. which means you've got them, great. They've now realised, you turn your back, you walk away, okay? The next thing they might do is they might trigger. They might turn around and flip out at you because they feel hurt because they're, imagine it happened to them. Again, turn your back and walk away. I feel like this is people do this a lot with kids, don't they? Absolutely, <laughs> but they can't do it as an adult yeah. because yeah. they're so blooming stubborn because they're based on the experience of the last relationship and the experience before that as we spoke about at the start mm -hmm. so what happens is they're never willing to move forward or grow or change like i'm sure there's plenty of people that were out there that through my years and say the guy's an idiot and he's this and he's this and that. that's fine it's not who i am now you know i've went i've taken a hard look at myself i admitted i was wrong in a mm -hmm. lot of occasions if you can admit you're wrong you can change and if you change everybody that comes into your you know, vortex of energy, if you want to call it, will change. And this is where it becomes really, really important. So the first thing we look at is ourself. And then we start to look towards other people. It's really interesting about how you communicate and, and the importance of it, because it's that um, human need that we have to know the answer. So people are like, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's thinking. So Ask rather him. than just say, can I just ask what you're thinking? <laughs> In fact, I'm not even going to say can I ask. I'm asking what you're thinking. But... It's that natural thing where like we need to find the answer. So assumption, which is probably then based on a past relationship, he's clearly having an affair, yeah. you know, and yeah. just jumping because 100%. that might be what's happened before. And it's just he doesn't that like he's, me. he's going to leave me. She's going to do this. And, and it goes in both feet. Literally could just be that he's got a cold, but it's just because humans do have that need mm -hmm. to know the answer. And then that obviously kind of is what triggers, you know, anxiety and, and things because it's just assuming so you know This is really funny the answer. that you bring up anxiety, right? So... What is anxiety in, in your belief? I know it's your podcast, but I want to ask you a question as women. Uh, you're, well, you know the answer that you're like, yeah, I've got an answer. Mm -hmm. I don't, um, anxiety is a, a worry, isn't it? A stress, a worry, yep. a fear. It's, it's, usually, need, it's needing to know the answer. Anxiety is needing to exactly. know the so outcome. it's usually something that hasn't happened yet or might Absol never happen. It is, yeah. it's, it's living in, in the future and as somebody who who really struggled with that need to know what was happening and why am I not there yet rather than just living the present, which is something I really didn't do for a long time. Yep. It was that need to know. And that's why I say it's like, because you don't know what that person's thinking. And that's when they're like, I'm really anxious because I don't know what they're thinking. Well, the, you, the, the answer is actually just to say, what are you thinking? Yeah, absolutely. Now, what happens is women have actually got a much more powerful brain than a man. Okay? Yes, I can believe you. that. I can believe that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's the best thing you say to say. For me saying this, any guys listen to them, no, they don't, no, they don't. Right, guys have been put in a position to run the world because they can't see any further in the front of their face, right? They've got one thought, and I'm going to talk about this during the, 
we'll, we'll talk about the sexual pleasure stuff just shortly, right? And how it yes, works please. for men and women, right? <laughs> but I want women to understand that they're, they're just not understood. They're, they're special, special beings. And once they understand them and men are taught about them, it makes things a lot better. But women have got a five-thought process at any one time. So just now, you listen to what I'm saying. You've got another thought relating that back to previous relationship you were in. Right, okay, both of you were in. You're then relating it to anything that you can do when you go home. Last <laughs> night's Hollyoaks was absolute shit. And then you've got, do you know, macaroni cheese for tomorrow night's dinner. And they get that and go and get the cheese from Safeway. Right, even though we don't have a Safeway anymore, right? You understand? <laughs> so what happens is women have got five things going on at every one time. Men have got one. Okay? So you can have a cigarette, have a glass of wine, dial the phone with your toes, watch the movie. You can do all these things. And that's why women can do it, but they don't realize why. And it's because they've got five spaces in their, their, their thought, okay, in, in their brain to be able to do it. Men have got one. So we'll talk about sex, right? Because it's, again, everyone loves to talk about it. So let's let's talk about it. It sells. Sex sells. It's it, it exactly. <laughs> There's actually a chapter in my book that I've written called Sex Sells and it just blows everything out of the water, right? Now, what happens is men have got a one thought process. So how many times do women meet a guy and they go and they take him home or he takes her home, whatever, and they go in and say, he was done in 30 seconds. <laughs> right? He was done. And I was just lying there like, Pfft. and they go, that's terrible. It's whatever, right? Now, do you know that women can do the exact same thing? Right? But this is where they don't realize it because they don't know how their brain works. Now, a man, one thought, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you into bed, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to finish. That's his, that's his goal, most men, right? <laughs> women have got to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. They've got to feel loved. They've got to feel, oh, okay, my armpits here, am I smelly, am I, right? Totally. Is my mm -hmm. hair done? Is it this? So they can't relax until they feel comfortable. So that takes them time to build up, okay? So if they go from five thoughts to one thought, what happens is they can pull themselves in. It seems meditation. Men can meditate easier than women because they've only got a one thought process. Women find it hard to meditate because they need to bring themselves five, three, one. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I really, really struggle to meditate. Absolutely. Really but sex is the same thing and people don't realize it. So the next thing is the difference between a woman knowing a man touching them. Is it for them or is it for the man? Right. So a man puts a hand on a woman. Mm -hmm. They instantly know energetically if it's for the woman or if it's for the man. If it's for the man, they can't switch off because they go, he doesn't really care about me. Why am I doing this? Oh, sure. I wish I hadn't come here. I hadn't done... Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it becomes really, really difficult. So again, in these relationships and in these encounters, shall we call them at the start, before we make friends with people, before we do these things, if they're not comfortable at the start, the man is then learning that this is the okay way to do it because they're not willing to speak up and change it. Mm -hmm. You know, and all the text messages are, oh, I can't wait to see you for this and I can't wait to do you for that. So they never actually communicate what they like. I would like to take things slow. I would like to talk to you first. I would like us not to be drunk every time we did it. You know, they're too scared to open up. And this is where it becomes, again, really, really difficult to be able to bring these people together and hold them together. And this is why I find it really, really difficult when people come to me and ask them these kind of... I don't ask them personal questions. As an adult, I don't care what position you do it in or how yeah. often you do it or any of these things. What's your favourite room? I don't care. What I care <laughs> about is people making the effort for each other, you know, and this is where it's, it becomes so difficult because everyone's out to take and everyone's out to get. Yeah. You also believe it's important to forgive, which oh, wow. it can be so hard for people to do. Uh, so how can people make that transition 
into forgiveness. So this is where it's going to, again, contradict what people believe because what society believes and what society thinks forgiveness is, is, is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, because things, if you two did something bad to me, if I forgive you both, it's for me. It's not for you. It's mm-hmm. not saying what you've done to me is all right because that was a terrible experience you, or a terrible ordeal you put me through. But what it does, it allows me to, to let go, to be able to move on. Yeah. Now, because it's difficult to speak to the people that you feel threatened by or speak to the people that, you know, you've not got that connection with anymore, you need to write it down. Oh, right, okay. Right? So what happens is whenever you write something down, your brain and your energy has connected to your hand Mm -hmm. and your hand has accepted whatever's going on in here. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, I love doing this and I love going through this with people. So if you're in a bad relationship and you didn't like how it ended, what you do is you write down, I accept the relationship is over. I accept I wasn't treated the best. I accept that I could not do anything about it at the time. But I do accept I also could have made better choices before I went into the relationship. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens is because you're writing it down, it's releasing from the unconscious brain, the subconscious, because you know you've done it, because of that closure. You need to close it yourself. Yeah. It's not about I need to sleep with them one last time or I need to <laughs> but again many times many people do that. I used to one more yeah. time. That's it, one more time just for closure, but then you're not closing anything. You're just opening up another door or another can of worms. So when people write things down and they accept it and they tell themselves they accept it, the next thing along with forgiveness, I talk about karma. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was so, about to ask about karma, so that's karma is <laughs> massive, right? And karma's very, very real, but karma's not what we think. People think, or what we are told through society is, karma's amazing. If you do something bad, something bad happens to you, mm-hmm. which is fact. However, there's other workings in between. So imagine I was in a relationship with you, right? And I come and I do something really nasty, or I go with your pal or something like that, right? And then I leave, okay? And then you go, well, why is karma not getting him? Why am I left feeling like this? Why do I feel bad? Yeah. A, because you haven't forgiven, okay? You're holding on to the pain. B, because you're talking about me to your pals, you're the last one to do a wrong. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. Karma comes from the last behavior that's done. So if I do something shit to either of you and you don't do anything back and you just go, okay, you don't tell your friends, you don't put me down, you don't do anything to your family and all these things, karma's going to come back and get me. Okay, I will get Mm -hmm. it. Whether it's going to be in the form of, you know, doing a a three-piece sweep, my next toilet, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'll get something. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you go and start talking to me about your pals, this is why you feel shit. You're keeping it going. And you're putting me down. And energetically, karma, God, whatever you way you want to say, yeah. source, divine, universe, they're going to go, is that right? Well, you're keeping this going. And now you're putting him down. So you're the one that's going to get it. So then the next person that comes along, you're still not forgiving the last person. And then what's the first thing most people do when they get into a new relationship? My last partner was bloody <laughs> terrible. So he was. Psycho. Right? You with me? There is so many people that say, especially I feel like guys say it more, like all all women do is just complain about their ex. I know, like, but the thing is, guys front. say women do it more. And what they do is, they, they do it so that they look as if they're opening up. I am putting myself in a vulnerable position to tell you how I was treated the last time. Mm-hmm. Again, they don't need to do it. They just need to show themselves that they don't know who they are. So they're going to try and affirm themselves to you by saying, been treated really terrible. Please don't do that to me. Rather than just say, if you're going to act like an arsehole, do you know what I mean? 
Don't yeah. just don't do it to me. All I expect is you to be nice and not. Mm-hmm. But instead, they've got to go through the past and go through the mm-hmm. past, and then they bad mouth the other one. The last thing another partner wants to hear is the drama that you're talking about with the last relationship. Yes, yeah, and you're just keeping the camera just going. Goes back to kind of what we're talking about as well. It's just therefore repeating the same the same cycles. Things. So you had said something there about, um, and it reminds me of something that I've brought up quite a few times on this podcast. Is like, what advice would you give to someone who says, because I hear this all the time, why not me? Why and, why is it not happened for me yet? Why have I not met someone? Why not me? So okay, so karma could be against them. If they're still talking about the last relationship and the last person and this person's this and they did this and did that, okay, karma's against them. If they're not willing to forgive, they're against themselves. Yep. If their patterns don't choose and they don't choose the right partner, again, that's against them. And what you find is most people choose, and this is fact, I'm saying most, a lot of people will choose what they were missing as a childhood or in their childhood. So... Men, if they didn't have a loving mother, mm-hmm. will sit and choose somebody kind of similar to that and then try and chase what they've got because that was the behavior that they've always had growing up. Yeah. Mm. Women that don't have the same, so they call it mummy and daddy issues, yeah. right? But the minute they call it that, what they're doing is they're saying that it's, it's wrong. It's like, it's a problem. It's not. It's a behavior that needs changed. It's not an issue. Okay. What somebody did to you back in the day should not affect you in the present or the future unless you allow it to. And so many people do allow it to. And this is it. And this is where, again, people don't allow themselves to move forward to that place of happiness. Now, happiness for me is just being. Being able to understand and be yourself, not having to put up any barriers. Do you know, the person that you're wanting to find or the person that you should be in a relationship with is the person that allows you to level up your game. Mm -hmm. That's it. It shouldn't be somebody that puts you down. It shouldn't be somebody that doesn't give you... You know, it's not about getting compliments and stuff. But, but your biggest supporter. Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, it's like they the want time. you to do better. They want you to grow. If you're with a partner that grows every day, you're going to sleep with somebody that's getting better. It's a new person every night. That's the way it goes. If you're not willing to bring them up, support them in, in whatever they do because of your insecurities. Mm-hmm. So say somebody wants to go and be a performer and it's like, well, I don't want them out there being famous and do whatever because they might leave me. They're going to try and resist. No, I don't think you should do that. Then that person's going to feel unfulfilled. And you know, but people do it all the time. I'm not willing for you to go out onto that stage or do these things because and they do it with jobs, they do it with things, and everything's controlled. Yeah. Everything's yeah. controlled. And it's so difficult to be able to kind of bring people into a balanced relationship. A, if they're not friends to start off with, B, they don't understand who the other person is and how they gain energy. They're not willing to ask questions to understand that. What do you need? I mean, wow. How simple a question I know. That? It's so straightforward. I but... like that question. What do you need? And yeah. the friendship thing for me as well, like I've always, and I've experienced things that have been quite, that have moved really quickly and they shouldn't have been and it was for the wrong reasons and obviously then they've not worked out. And I am all about a slow burner and I do think that friendship is something. But then again, see the slow burner, if you're, if you're putting a limitation on the slow burner, that means if something was to come fast, you would panic, but that might be the right one. Then you, you back it off. Yeah, and I've done that before in the past mm-hmm. as well and that's why like right now I, I know kind of like what my steps are for the next time but it's it's funny cause but how do you know because the next time's by a different person that's based on the experience from the last one that you know what your next steps are mm-hmm. you see what I mean so this is where we've got to keep talking to ourselves and really telling ourselves you know it doesn't matter what it's been I'll deal with what is and if it comes it comes if it doesn't it doesn't I have no expectation that's the hardest bit yeah I would say like I don't 
well, I mean, obviously I've got my expectations in terms of the type of person they have to be and things, but um, like what type of person of, do they have to like be? Like in values, like they have to be kind and so, they have to be funny and. But what happens if they're naturally if they're intangible drivers? The thing that we were talking about earlier. What happens if they're intangible drivers? They're actually not a server and they're not kind that way. But they're good in every other way. Do you see what I mean? If they're not kind, it's a no go. I'm not interested. So that's a what's your breaker. definition of kind? The meaning of kind is my definition of kind. Like <laughs> this, I'm not gonna, well, this is it. But if you're not being bad to somebody and you give them everything they'd need without being kind, so kind for somebody would be gifts. You know, no, it's not. It's that gift giver is like very low in my love language. Like I am not. I do not need gifts. I'm very independent. Absolutely love that. Right. So if if it's not kind, so if they didn't give gifts. But, but they give you cuddles and stuff. Is that oh, what you mean by kind? Oh, I love a cuddle. Right, okay. Well, yeah, because love languages is like like affection. Affection, touch, you know, intelligence, Mix. all these different things. Yep. And what happens is kindness, if they don't know how to be kind in the way that you want, you're not going to know that until further down the line where your expectation is, and then you judge them on what their ability to give is. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm trying to say. So mm -hmm. if we've got a a step going into this to be able to tell these people this is what I expect and they go right okay well they can try to do that mm -hmm. but if we expect them just to be kind and they've not got that in them so if I was I'm a I'm a compassion server so I feel people and I serve them with what they need and I'll mm -hmm. always ask now so that I don't just give them what I expect because I used to do that I used to enable 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 and then go well you're not giving me anything yeah you know and yeah. I'll be fine that with a lot of people now if I was a teacher perceiver a teacher can try and teach somebody how to be better at life or teach them how to not come back to the same place, these type of things. But what happens is that's their kindness. My brother, and I know it's not relationship related, but in relation, he's my brother. Yeah. So we were close. He was a thing called a server teacher. So he would never see what I see. He was hyper-focused. But then I would go to him wanting compassion. I want to cuddle him. Yeah. Oh, Matthew, this happened to me. This happened to me. <laughs> and he would go, well, what you should have done was this and this and this. Now that's him being kind to me because he's trying to teach me how to not be hurt again. Yeah. Next time you do this, see what I mean? So his form of kindness is completely, is different. completely different from our form of kindness. So then when we've got expectation, all I wanted was a cuddle for my brother. And my brother to say it's going to be okay, pal. Do you know, I'll, I'll put my arm around you and give you that what you need because I'm compassion. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do. But then if, if I didn't know who he was, I didn't know who my brother was until... A year and a half ago when he when he was 36 years old. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. Right. And this is what I'm saying. If there's no way to measure who somebody is or what kind of kindness they're willing to give, you've got to go through trial and error. Yeah. And this is where it becomes really, really difficult for anyone to have a relationship. And this is why I work with the only model for the mind and the brain in the world. There's three people in the world that are qualified to use this. That's myself. There's the owner of the company and the, the, the scientist behind it, John, mm -hmm. and then Jonathan who's worked with John now for, I think, about 12 years. Right. So there's other people learning it as we speak, going through it, and they're then able to go in to take that in relation. I know people are taking it into businesses, relationships, you know, coaching, all these different things, which is great. But if we've not got any other tangible way to measure what somebody is, if I know that you're a teacher, a server teacher, and I know that your kindness is going to teach me, I expect that. So I don't expect any more from you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't be let down. Talk us, talk us through the um, society programming. Right, okay. So because this is where it becomes really, really difficult, right? So society programming, every 20 years or so, we have a different wave of, of new fashion or new behaviours or new words. Or, now, now we don't even use the word taxi. We use the word Uber. 
Yeah. That's good. society programming, right? Now, this is where I'm going to, again, probably get shot down, but I don't care. It's, <laughs> I'm not here to, here to worry it. what other people think about me, right? So what happens is the fashion nowadays, right, is nothing like it was in the 50s, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I am going to be doing Understanding Men workshop that I was meant to do a while back that didn't happen, so it will be happening. However, I want to say one thing, okay? Men and women want two different things. Women want stability. Women want to be loved. They want to be cared for, looked after, protected, okay? They also want freedom, which, again, should be granted anyway. You love somebody, you let them go, and if they come back, that's a winner, right? Now, men want the same thing, right? Everyone wants to be loved. They want to be cared for. But because society can't allow them to be soft anymore or whatever, because I'm going to judge you on that. Oh, my God, I want to be kissed and cuddled. I want to be given compliments. I want to be looked at and and awe. I I want all these things as well. Mm -hmm. But most men can't admit that, okay, based on experience or based on their upbringing or based on all these different things. Now, I'm going to talk about dress sense just for a little minute, okay, because everyone thinks now it's totally amazing to have the, you know, free the nip and, you know, all this (laughs) kind of stuff. And it's okay to wear something with your bum cheeks hanging out and all these things. Now, it's wrong for men to take that into consideration and look at it as a woman, as a, a slut, or, or, you know, as an open invitation. That's wrong. Point blank. Okay. Now, what I ask a woman is, if you wear that, what is your, they don't want men to say you look cute or you, because then they're sleazy. But what they're doing is they're wanting affirmation or confirmation from other women. So they're all in part of a gang that's like women power, women power is the way things are going, right? which is fine. Again, men were in power for a long time. It's been taken away from them. Now women are in power. Okay. Where's the balance? Why can't we just not give it to anyone and just everyone live together and try and understand who they are as a person and all these things? Now, if a man, and this is fact, if a man wants a woman, okay, and they want to feel supported and loved and, you know, they don't want the women going out and showing off to other men and women yeah so that they feel comfortable but now because it's the fashion for all this you know wearing minimal and boobs and, and whatever which is fine if you want to look like that great i don't mind it doesn't bother me i'll just do what i'm doing but what i always say is the men will always ask what would my mum look like in that if my mum would wear that would i be happy with my mum wearing that dress and would i want to go out and night out with my mum most would say no right yeah so and that's because they care most about their mum you with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the psychology behind it is the same. Well, I wouldn't go about my mum wearing that and I wouldn't be happy with my mum wearing that. So why am I going to be happy and secure with the partner that I love that I want to try and settle and make a life with? Now, that's a big bombshell. When you think about it, I'm not saying compare your, your partner to your mum, right? But if I want to be secure, I would want to go to my mum. That's that's what you do as a, as a child and growing up. That's what you're used yeah. to. You'll always go there when your girlfriend dumps you or you'll... Do you know what I mean? It's, you'll always go to your mum or your aunt or somebody that's older. Now, would you feel comfortable with your mum sitting there with a half a nip out? Do you know what I mean? With a wee pair of hot pants, you know? The boobs but, would be down to the knees. Exactly, right. <laughs> so would you feel comfortable sitting talking about Probably not. So how would you feel comfortable having your partner do the exact same thing and feeling secure? What's she doing when she's out? Who's going to be approaching her when she's out? Do you understand what I'm saying? But everyone goes with what fashion says. So men and women are actually programmed against themselves. 
right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is the women wearing this, yeah, they will get extra attention from from men and women. Yep. Oh my God, babe, you look great. Oh, you're a pure queen. Oh my God, that's lit. Do you know all this stuff, right? But then the guys are like, I'll put a wee couple of flames here and oh, you're hot. Sleaze. Oh, you're a sleaze. Yeah. But all they're just doing is the same as the women. But because they're a man, they're not allowed to do it because of the program that's been put in. Yeah. And this is why I find it's not double standards because it's not about standards. It's about how people are programmed by media, social media, you know, news, and then experiences. Do you know the news? I mean, I don't believe anyone should be treated badly. Nobody. I don't believe anyone has the right to put a hand in somebody or do anything without both people both people mutually consenting. You know, all these things. I mean, these are all right. Mm-hmm. I don't believe just because a woman dresses a certain way, she should be, you know, spoken to a certain way or whatever. But you can't go on social media and say, well, I only want women to talk to me. At least write that in your post. If you're a man, please don't write on this. Don't start putting them down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Don't start putting them down because I'm for everybody. I'm not for women, I'm for men. But when they're both programmed to go against each other, again, it's like, well, fuck that. Girl power, I'm going to... But I'm sick fed up of being my own. All men are sleazies. You can't say these things because there's, there's some nice guys out there. And men can't go, well, she was a this and a that because, but again, not all women are the same. Mm-hmm. People look and they go with what the body looks like or the face looks like rather than who the person is. To be able to allow that to grow into a friendship to start off with, you know, and everything's about shallow looks. I mean, look at Tinder for talking sake. I mean, exactly. Jane, you've written a book, right? I sure and have. It's still available on Amazon. <laughs> Absolutely, plug, plug. <laughs> but you understand it's like some of the horror stories, and it's based on going to meet a complete stranger on what they look like. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's a whole other thing. Now, when you look at that and then you go, and it's like speed dating's cool because you're in a safe environment. The amount of people that go and they meet someone because they think they're going to look at something in a picture. And it turns out, I mean, some of the stories, it's like, what? But again, if we're putting ourselves in a position to do that, obviously we're going to have to expect something bad coming back from it. You know, I actually had um, somebody at Speed Dating the other week um, and it was the older age group. And at the start she went, nobody here is good looking enough. And she walked out. (laughs) And I was like... She went, nobody, and I was like, you've not met people yet though. And she went, well, they're not good looking enough. And I was like, well, that's really superficial, not what the night's about. And I walked away and then she walked out. And every single person who was there was like, she has missed out on such a good night. I've had such a good time. And there was people who made matches, but even people that didn't, didn't. And that's, Mm -hmm. it is all about. Look at what the last two years has done. Getting out in their houses. Communication's gone. Yeah. And it's literally forced people into their phones. So what you're doing with the, with the, the speed dating is amazing. And I would Thank urge you. people that are wanting to date to come to these events. Thank you. Because, no, it's, it's amazing that the art of communication, interaction from here to you is less than two meters, right? Your your body energy and your kind of energy field goes two meters. When you meet that, you get to feel other people. You get to share energy. You get to share feelings. You, get, you can't do that on a page or, a you know, the keyboard warrior stuff. And it's, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. So... For that, thank you for for society <laughs> for being able to do it. And I would tell I would tell everybody to come off any sort of dating websites. And the reason for this is because you're never going to meet the person that you think it is. Your expectations are going to be through the roof. They will guarantee that they're going to lie to you and tell you something. Then they're going to regret it down the line, but not of the the guts or the courage to be able to say, Do you know what? I lied. Then I lied about my age. I lied about my past. I lied about this. You know, and then what happens is you find out then and it's a big fallout again. Yeah. And it's, well, I'm not going back to do it. Okay, I'm bored. Back on it yeah, again. Swipe, yes. swipe, swipe. 
and it, it's an addiction. It's literally an addiction. It's like, oh my god, I got five swipes or five likes today. Out of the five, I would maybe look at one superficially, but do you know what? I still got more people fancy me. And again, it's for these dopamine hits mm -hmm. because nobody's producing serotonin. Okay, mm -hmm. serotonin receptors are just a bit dead and gone within society. Oxytocin, cuddles, kisses, you know. Best. Yep, hair rubs, oh, these type yeah. of things. Dopamine, likes on Facebook, you know, sexy pictures, outfits of scantily clad other sexies, whatever, right? Then you've got us trying to chase, and I'm saying us as people, yep, we're sitting trying to chase these, these feelings of these. But if love's not a thing that you can feel, it's a thing that you are. It's you that needs to change to put it out, as I said earlier. It's you that needs to start changing what you put out rather than what comes back in. Mm -hmm. If it's not coming back in, change and give your love to somebody else. Don't wait until somebody takes everything from you until you're empty and then you're gone. Because at the end of the day, this is never, never, never going to be a cycle that's ever going to work out well for you. And for any of these people, and, and I genuinely wish I had known this 20 years ago. Like, I'm nearly 40, so I'm, I'm 39 this year. Right, I know I don't look it, right? You don't. I was about to say, you don't, you don't let us get word in, but I was about to say you don't look it. Right, no, but genuinely, like, I wish I'd known this so, so long. And, you know, I always knew that things didn't feel right because I've always had a week in a yeah. sixth sense and a mm -hmm. wee... But I never understood. And I didn't know that being a compassion server, I was able to take on other people's feelings and emotions more. So I literally wear them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. think it's me that's unhappy when it might be the person mm -hmm. that I was with. Yeah, absolutely. And this becomes really, really difficult when you then start to take on other people. So it's, again, being very careful about who you're getting in. Not why were you out your last relationship? Who was this with? It's not like that. It's like, what do you need in your life to be fulfilled? When you ask somebody that question, okay, well, I, I need constant attention. I just need you to be with me. I need you to not go out. I need you. Oh, that's wrong. You know, the questions that you need to ask are not being asked. It's like, what's your favorite position? What's your favorite? <laughs> it's true. What's your favorite television program? What's your favorite song? What's your favorite music? And it's all great. We're learning something, yeah. but it's not enough. And this is why I believe that the way that I've been working with people, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's several people that would love to change their relationship, but they're not willing to make the effort. Mm -hmm. We've been married now for 12 years and I know what you're saying and I'll, I'll have an instant chat with them. You know, we'll talk about an hour and this is what happened. They're like, oh my God, how do you know this? You don't know us. And I'm like, I just know from your intangible driver, you won't like this. You won't like this. This is where there's tension. This is where there's things coming in. And they go, this is unbelievable. I'll say, if you want to work, I said, phone me, ask me, message me, do they? And then they don't. And then you see them complain about each other. And I'm like, oh, yeah. here we go again. You could have sorted this. You've given um, our listeners so much to think about. So if anyone is listening and they want to find out more about you and what you do and maybe have a chat with you, how can they find you? Yeah, the Beardy Tarot guy on um, Instagram. It will be rebranded soon. Ooh. To the Scottish tarot guy Ooh. because I've no longer got a beard. I've got a bit of stubble now. <laughs> a, bit so of stubble, a bit of stubble tarot doesn't mean the same, does it? <laughs> you know, it's, I, I don't like selling things that aren't there, so I can't sell a beard that's not there. So, um, going to go for a wee rebrand. Um, the readings and stuff that we're doing will not be one on one anymore. Okay. So it's going to be more group orientated. So Fantastic. I would come to maybe have a group, and then I'll take them away one at a time. That sounds so it's great. Like they won't because I've got other things in the tight mm -hmm. stuff. I've got my own book coming out soon. Um, called Truth, that's part of a trilogy, and these things are coming out to, to put things out. I mean, it's it's not my truth. You can't argue with truth. So it's not based on what I've lived, because mm -hmm. that's experience, and then that's projection. But if you, if somebody can prove, can't prove you wrong, mm -hmm. and if anyone can prove me wrong, what I've said tonight, I'm happy for them to to come and 
you know, attack me online or <laughs> come and send me a, a cheeky message. But I'm going to ask you a question to yeah. show where you're right. DMs will be filled after this, I'm sure. But um, we always ask our guests to give us a song for our All About Dating playlist based on what you've told us or based on your own story. But is there a song that you would like to give us to add to our playlist? Yes. So The Power of Love. Ah. Right, but not the, not the old one. Oh. So ah. it's Alexander. <laughs> you were thinking the wrong one. <laughs> is it Alexis? Oh. We'll, we'll find it. Or whatever, but forget it. The, the Power of Love. And it's so sweet. And it's literally lovely. And... It literally is about love because what happens is, I'm just going to go quietly before we shoot. A love song's never usually about a love song. It's never about pure love. It's usually about loss or I don't want to lose you or every time that you do this, it become, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So again, it's all conditioning to the way that we think and feel. So the power of love and what we'll do is I'll send it through to you. Lovely. And then if you put it on and, and people can do oh. it, just close their eyes and just let themselves Oh, have a little. Oh, thank you so so thank much for coming you. on. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been great. And we can't wait to go back and ask my boyfriend what does love mean to you. <laughs> I'm telling you, ask the definition of love, and then ask yourself first. Write it down, and then ask them theirs. If yours is different than theirs, you can't love each other. You need to give them what they need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or share the same definition that's non-contradictory, which is given without expecting anything in return. You're giving what they need unquestionable and if you're both doing that 50 50 that's it your relationship's made oh thank you so much thank you so much thank you for listening to this episode of all about dating if you enjoyed this episode please do give us a review and don't forget to subscribe to us on spotify and apple and you can send us your thoughts messages and any dating stories or dilemmas by sliding into our dms my Instagram is jd.dating and Jane's is swipe forever after. Or you can email us at allaboutdatingpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>